Could we pretend just for a minute that this is the first time we've met? It's just that you're my best friend. I've been in love with you all my life. Hi, and welcome to OTP. I'm Marissa, and I'm the star of the second mini-episode of our Romance Awareness Month. Don't worry, Erica and I will be back together for the next episode, but today it's all about me, which is exactly how I like it. So we are talking to a very special author today who I personally love, and that is Lauren Blakely. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Hey, Marissa. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So our listeners have heard us talk about The Real Deal on previous episodes. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. And it just came out in July. If you haven't read it yet, you're wasting your life and you should go get a copy of it immediately because it's absolutely amazing. Well, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more (laughs) that they should be reading it. (laughs) So we brought Lauren on today to talk to us about romance writing because she is a New York Times bestselling author. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the books that you write? Well, I uh, primarily write contemporary romances. I'm, they're usually like the real deal in sort of the, the romantic comedy vein, light, sexy, sweet, fun, uh, lots of banter. I'm kind of addicted to writing dialogue. And you do it really well. <laughs> so, so every now and then I'll get dinged in a review like, there's so much dialogue. I'm like, well, don't read my books then because <laughs> that's, what, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get dialogue. But that's also because I believe that's how people fall in love. I think they, um, I think they fall in love by talking to each other and by getting to know each other. So that's probably my favorite favorite part of writing romance is just getting that like rat-a-tat-tat type of dialogue going on between the characters. That's what I loved about April and Theo the most. The way the story is, they're kind of in a fake relationship basically and they end up telling each other like let's make up the stories of our romance and I loved every story that they made up for each other. So I don't know. (laughs) Basically the banter and them falling in love with their own stories was just so amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I really got a kick out of that. The stories within the stories is a lot of fun. Since this is a mini episode, we're going to keep it kind of short, but but we want to start with your romance OTP, Lauren. And then we have some questions for you that relate to your work as a romance writer. How does that sound? I think that sounds fabulous. Great. All right, let's jump right in then. So who is your OTP? What couple are they and what book are they from? So I thought about this a lot when you asked me to come up with someone. And it's kind of ironic because, you know, no surprise, spoiler alert, I write happy endings, right? I mean, most of us in romance write happy endings. But I found that a lot of my OTPs are not exactly a concrete happy ending. um, But I have to say on the book side, one of the couples that has stayed with me the longest where I've read it over and over again is The Time Traveler's Wife, Henry and Claire. And that's not really a happy right. ending either. So I'm not entirely sure. I have to talk to my shrink right. and see what that says <laughs> about me that I'm writing these kind of happy-go-lucky romances. Um, but I just, I mean, The Time Traveler's Wife is just such a beautiful romance that has always stayed with me. I've only seen the movie Time Traveler's Wife, but that's the one with Rachel McAdams, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so did you did you like, did you see the movie and you liked it? I did... And it was 
okay. Oh, just okay. <laughs> because, I mean, I remember when I finished the book, I was just in tears. You know, like, I remember thinking about it the next morning in the shower, and I'm like, you know, water is dripping down me, and tears are dripping down my face. And I'm like, oh, Love my it. God, Love Henry it. and Claire. <laughs> and I think that just when you think about the ending and whatever, I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything because it's been out for so long, right? Like, at a certain point, Fair, you yeah. know, you can, you can spoil anything. But because you you want to ask uh, Audrey, I'm not going to be able to pronounce her last name correctly, but you want to be able to ask her, like, why didn't you let him travel more from the future? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, what, he traveled so much to see Claire when she was a child, which is kind of weird, right. right? I mean, let's admit it. It's a little weird that he was visiting her when she was six. I'm like, oh, my God, this could be really creepy. Yet yeah. Somehow it's not. That's one of the amazing things that she pulled off, that he's visiting her throughout her life, and he's visiting her as an adult man, but it's not creepy. It's actually just part of of like a beautiful friendship that then morphs into this beautiful love. And I think maybe because it does end on hope. You know, it's just that idea of loving someone so much that you would wait for them your entire life. And then even after he's gone, you know, and you think about like, what was Claire's life like for, you know, those last that 40 year period, I think that it was like 40 years after his death until she knew he was coming back one more time. Right. I mean, that's just so crazy to think about. Like there was I just don't think there could ever be anyone else for her. Yeah, that one is it's really heart wrenching. Yeah. So we always ask, do we ship it or skip it? And you obviously ship it. Um, And I think you've made me ship it. But I really need to read the book because um, I never read it. I just liked the movie. Um, but if the book is better, then I, I'm definitely going to check it out. Oh, yeah. You definitely. You must. I love it. So now we're going to shift gears a little bit to what I really want to talk about, which is you. So I have a few questions for you, not only about being a romance writer, but also about the industry as you kind of view it. So tell us about your journey. Did you always want to be a romance writer? How did you get to where you are now? Well, I have always loved romance. Mm -hmm. I was that girl who adored Danielle Steele. I mean, Gone with the Wind is sort of, you know, my first romance. I remember reading that in eighth grade and having this dog-eared copy and just reading it again and again. And, you know, that's another one where you're rewriting the ending, right? Like, wait, wait. Okay, here's what has to happen next, please. This is what you need to do. Um, So that was sort of the first time I think I really fell in love with romance. And then I became obsessed with Danielle Steele. She had this book, I believe it was called The Promise, and it was about um, a married couple, amnesia, a car accident, somebody had a facelift, looked totally different, but it was just another one of those like tragic romances, right? Um, and it just kind of tugs at you. And I just remember loving those stories as a teenager and Sydney Sheldon. It was, I mean, that was sort of my generation. It's kind of like pulpy, really dramatic romance. And then romance started to shift after... After I graduated from college and it became more chiclety. Yeah. And then, you know, in the early 2000s, we had Emily Giffen and Jane Green. And I just fell in love with it all, all over again with those type of, you know, lighter romances. I'm like, wow, it can be like this. It doesn't have to be, you know, tragic and dramatic and death every second right. <laughs> until maybe they possibly get reunited in the last line. Um, and that I just kind of kept falling back into it and then uh, eventually said, okay. I'm going to write this as well. Yeah. So does being a reader to influence you as a writer or do you kind of keep them separate? I think it does. I mean, I will definitely notice if I'm um, 
if I've recently read something I love that sort of has like a very swoony, sensual edge to it, I'll sort of have to um, be careful that if I'm writing a sort of a light, quirky mm-hmm. rom-com, that I don't necessarily wind up making the sex scenes, for instance, sort of like more sweeping than they need right, to be. Right. You know, so I definitely think it's important to not let it uh, infuse my own work or my editor will catch yeah. me. That's the other thing. Like my first editor will seem like, why are you using this word? Yeah. <laughs> what have you been reading? <laughs> this goofy scene. Like, Oops, sorry. That's snuck in. Um, so one of our goals with Romance Awareness Month is to really destigmatize the genre. And so we've been asking everyone this very essential question of why do you think romance is so important? People tend to kind of bash it and say that's frivolous or it's just for women or, you know. So what do you think romance has to offer that people overlook? Well, I do think it is kind of crazy that it gets bashed because, I mean, ultimately, I feel like it's what every person, for the most part, is striving for. Everyone wants to fall in love. We want to be happy. We want to be linked with another person. I mean, that's one of the most basic elements of being human. Mm -hmm. And I think just sort of embracing that and knowing that that's what it's for. I mean, I think about... I think about the emails and letters and responses that I have from my readers where they say it made them happier. It was a great escape. And in some cases, you know, they're going through difficult times in their life and they talk about how it it gives them an escape. And then sometimes um, the notes might be a little franker where they say, um, I had a great night with my husband last night. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's beautiful. Like I love that. And I really just try to embrace that and remember that, uh, when people are, you know, reading romance, there's probably a good chance that, you know, they're getting a little softer and squishier inside mm-hmm. and going home and, you know, either kissing their kid or kissing their husband rather than ho- going out and hurting somebody. Right. That's my hope, at least. And I hope that as more and more people embrace the genre, um, it'll bring peace to yeah. the world. <laughs> world peace. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I love it. Um, what would you tell a reader who wants to try reading romance for the first time? Go read the real deal, obviously. 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 <laughs> after that, though. <laughs> uh, after that, I mean, I would ask that everyone's different. That's one thing I've, I've, you know, I would love to think everyone's going to embrace my books, but some people really do want angst all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think the key is just, you know, dive in, figure out what works for you. Try a few. Ask somebody who is... Who knows it? Ask a you know romance blogger. Ask a romance writer. People will ask me of my books uh, where they should start, and I always ask them, "Well, what do you like? Do you like something more erotic? Do you want something more sensual? Mm-hmm. Do you want something that's you know just laugh out loud funny?" I think that's really the key. If somebody is just diving in or getting started, it's you know ask somebody who knows, and then try to recommend something that's going to work for that person. I mean, we yeah. have so many types of romance novels right I mean that's the great thing there's so many varieties that I really think there's something for everyone yeah I totally agree it's I think that's probably my favorite thing about the genre is that whatever you're into there's a book for you yeah (laughs) um okay what about for someone who wants to start writing romance what's your advice for them edit ruthlessly I mean (laughs) really that's what I would say I think that there is a, there's a misconception that writing books is easy. Mm-hmm. And maybe to some degree it is. And I think a lot of people will start and just write down their thoughts as the character. Mm-hmm. And I think the key is, okay, did you need all of that? Do you need to start with a thousand words of thought? Or maybe can you dive into the action? So I think really the key is, I would assume most people who are starting to write romance have probably read some. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is just to edit. I I yeah. think that... 
is something that's missing to some degree in newer authors by default. I mean, they're just naturally not necessarily going to know how to do that. So before you put it out, whether it's to a publisher or self-publish or whatever it is, hire an editor and edit it ruthlessly and really figure out if you need all the internal thought or all the backstory in chapter one. Right. Move it because you probably don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious. So for our listeners who don't know, a lot of times authors are divided into pantsers and plotters. So a pantser is somebody who kind of writes by the seat of their pants and you know doesn't really follow a structured outline like a plotter would. So what, what type of author are you? I'm kind of in between, but probably a little bit more to the plot side, except I don't okay. always write detailed four-page outlines, for instance. But I do, yeah. generally speaking, try to have a clear sense of where the story is going. I, I, I needed it for the real deal in particular because it takes place in a compressed time frame. It's this family reunion. Right. It's over four to five days. So I definitely had sort of mapped out these are the things that need to happen on each day. These are the notes that I need to hit. But that really does help and I find I can write a lot faster and then some stories you just know the general you just know the general plot like maybe it's going to be you know seven days of lessons in seduction and boom there's your plot right Right. there and just hold on to that and try not to veer (laughs) too far from it because when you veer too far from it then you will have to cut more and chop more and rearrange more is there anything else you want to add any other books you want to talk about that you have coming up that you're excited about I have, uh, I think for people who enjoyed The Real Deal, they would probably like a three book series that I have that releases starting in September called The Heartbreakers. Mm-hmm. And it's um, three brothers and they're all rock stars, pop stars. So it's a lot of fun. It's kind of in that same vein of sort yeah. of light, family centric rom com. So yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Awesome. It sounds great. Thank you. So that is it for today. I want to thank Lauren for coming on the show and sharing her thoughts with us. Lauren, it's so amazing to have you on. Um, Tell people where they can find you. I am fairly active on social media. I am on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook as Lauren Blakely Books. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm on Twitter as Lauren Blakely 3. So if you look look me up on Twitter, you just have to make sure that you actually find, you know, the author's profile. (laughs) There are a couple couple other Lauren Blakely's out there who wind up being tagged a lot of times. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, that's, that's where I am. And I love hearing from readers. Awesome. Well, thank you again. It was so great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. One Shoe Pairing is produced by our goddess, Becky Celestina, with support from the fabulous Alexander Abnos and Katie Ferguson. The senior editor of Macmillan Podcast is the amazing Alyssa Martino. To find out more about OTP and all of Macmillan's other awesome shows, visit us at macmillanpodcast.com.